Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this September the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line as co-host is Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? Well, we've got a little situation here. Um, We had a tree fall on our house, and the State Farm and the roofers are here right now looking at it. So I might be interrupted where I'm going to have to answer some questions to them, and I'm going to let you take over. And we're doing something special today. In light of Labor Day, we were unable to be on the air. And so we didn't do the readings for this coming Sunday, which is the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. And we decided, you and I, to do the Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 to 21, about Joseph and his worried brothers after Jacob had died. So we'll be taking a look at this. Would you be willing to give a little background uh, to how Joseph got into Egypt and Jacob got there up to the point of the lesson where Jacob has died? Oh, okay, very good. Well, you you can go back into Genesis, and I'll be referring to some chapters here and there. In, in chapter 30, we see Joseph is born, and then we don't hear anything about that much about Joseph until you get to chapter 37 when he's 17 years old. When he's 17 years old, he has those two dreams where one were the stars and one were the sheaves of of grain uh, that yes. were bowing down to to the uh, to him, his brother and his father. And then the, uh, they weren't very happy about that, were they? <laughs> it created a little bit of jealousy there. And so one day when he was sent out to talk to him, they, they threw him in a well and took what his What did coat his off. father give him? Coat of many colors. Yes. And so you know, the brothers saw him coming when they were out, and they threw him in a well? Yeah, they uh, kind of a cistern-type well that collected, uh, I, I believe from the research I've done, is that it collects water during rainy seasons and dries up, but uh, deep enough that uh, he couldn't get out of it. And then they sold him to a caravan that was headed to Egypt. He ended up in the house of Potiphar and rose to being the master of Potiphar's house. And when Potiphar was out of town, uh, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him into an adulterous affair. And, and of course, that's where we get this uh, passage by Joseph. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Yes. To which he's, to which when Potiphar comes home, she, she lies about him. Potiphar gets mad, throws him into jail, into prison, the king's prison. And he lingers on there for a number of years, interpreting dreams. And and interesting enough, while in Potiphar's house in the prison and that, you get the passages that, that uh, Abraham, uh, Joseph 
uh, you know, did well because the Lord was with him yes. the whole time. And so by that, by the time uh, the king of uh, the pharaoh of Egypt, the king of Egypt, gets uh, his his years of seven plenty and seven lean, you know, the, the oxen, cattle. Well, he has a dream, doesn't he? Right, he has a dream, and nobody and nobody could interpret, could interpret it. it. And a, a cupbearer who had gone on with problems with the king, with king uh, remember Joseph interpreting his dream that he would be restored, uh, said he knew of one that could, and they brought Joseph, and the king uh, uh, took took it to heart and made. Uh, Joseph, his right-hand man, and uh, then uh, the the years of plenty came, and they stored it up in grains uh-huh. and granaries. And then the, when the lean years came, the, the all of Egypt, including uh, outlying regions, came to Egypt to find food and uh, made the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh of Egypt, exceedingly wealthy. You know, you read in there in Genesis that he ended up owning all the cattle, all the all the land, just about everything uh, for for miles around. And uh, how did Jacob and his sons get there? Well, they they heard that there was food to be had in Egypt, and they, he sent down some of his uh, sons. All except for uh, Benjamin, and uh, Joseph got wind of it that they were there, and of course he, the incident, uh, he he invited them back, but they they had to bring uh, their youngest with them, Benjamin, and uh, on the way back this from the second journey, second trip, they, he hit a silver cup and. Benjamin's sack, and uh, from there, they they uh, alleged that they were thieves, and and Joseph could see that they, uh, already that they they found themselves uh, uh, repentant that they they had languished because they had done that ill to to Joseph. Right. And eventually what happened is they bring down Jacob, who who is called Israel, and uh, he spends the the last 17 years, we're told in Genesis, that he spends the last 17 years of his life living in in, uh, Egypt and under the protection of, of Joseph and Joseph. Let them flourish. In fact, they're told that they they took care of the massive herds that, of cattle and and sheep that uh, the king had had gone from the from the uh, pandemic uh, the drought. Yeah. yeah. So what we're doing is reading a text that takes place prior to the Israelites being put into captivity by the Egyptians. Another pharaoh comes up, doesn't remember Joseph. And, of course, then they cross the Red Sea, go to Israel, and all this sort of thing. So we're at the point where Jacob dies, 
and listen to what Joseph's brothers say. Can you read verse 15 of Genesis 50? When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. You know, you can do a sermon on that because remember when Jesus tells Peter, I'm going to Jerusalem, I will be killed. Jesus is told by Peter, no, you're not. And get thee behind me, Satan. But then Jesus gives the reason for saying that, that Peter is thinking as a human being in the old Adam thinks rather than the new man. And that's what I think is happening with these uh, uh, brothers. They are thinking, boy, if this has happened to me, I have been put in a well, sold to Egypt, had all this suffering, then I would want to get even with whoever did that to me. And so, go ahead. Well, you're also thinking like Luther, too. Luther says, you know, sin's a terrible evil, not when it is committed for it gives pleasure and satisfaction in, in a strange way, but when it's revived to the law, it's hell itself and more powerful than heaven and earth. You know, that, yes. uh, even though they'd been forgiven, uh, the memory of it still lingered in their minds. How many of our congregational members have something in the past that they did, said, or thought that they're wondering, does God really take care of me? And will he forgive me, etc.? And they're not really aware of that. And that's what the reason a pastor is so important to share the message of forgiveness. But what right. did the brothers do with verse 16 and following? Well, in verse 16, so they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father has come this command before he died, say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brother and their sin because of the evil to you. And please forgive the transgressions of the servants of God, of your father. Joseph left. Okay. Uh, I want to stop there. Just take a little at a time. Sure. Um, your father gave this command before he died. Did he? I don't remember him him doing that. No, I don't either. I was just wondering in your looking ahead or backwards, if that had ever happened, whether they were just making it up or maybe he did. I can understand Jacob saying something like that, but I'm not sure what Bible verse that would be to forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Boy, notice that they're repenting and they're, who are they blaming for the sin they did? I believe they're blaming themselves. Yes, well said. Yes, and that's what proper repentance is. Repentance isn't trying to blame someone else, um, you know, because remember who Adam blamed in the Garden of Eden? <laughs> the woman you gave to me. Yes, which means he was really blaming God. Yes, the woman 
you gave to me. I was doing fine until you gave me this woman. And so Eve gets blamed. And that occurs in a lot of marriages. It's just amazing how people think that marriage is always in a trial situation and that you're free to unmarry and marry somebody else because they're not listening to the word of God or listening to the vows, hopefully, that were made at the marriage that I will stay with you uh, until we both die. Oh, yeah. Well, and then you got that passage from Ephesians, husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. Well said. So Joseph hears their requests, and what does he do? He laughs at them and hangs them all? Well, he weeps. Yes, he weeps. And what does verse 18 say? His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. Now, what does that remind you of? You know, it reminds me of the the ten lepers, the one that we returned. Well, in Joseph's life. In Joseph's life? Yes. Let, Let me say it. They came and fell down before him. Oh, the the two dreams that he had. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that, and they're doing this willingly. They're not being forced to do this. Forced to, yeah. No, not at all. So this reminds us that when God gives a promise, which seemed to have come about with those two dreams, because you mentioned that, Joseph had interpreted the dreams of individuals in prison and then in Pharaoh's house, uh, which led to an abundance of grain. So they fall before him. And I'm just wondering, did they look at each other and say, boy, isn't that what that dream told us? (laughs) (laughs) They were probably so nervous. That was the last thing on their minds, I would think. Exactly. So they're doing it. Whether they're doing it because they have true repentance or whether they're doing it because they're afraid and trying to get on Joseph's side, what's the next statement on verse 19, the first part Joseph says? Yeah, okay. Before you go there, the repent. Luther says repentance embraces both the terror of the conscience and faith. You know, So he, he sees it as the two actions going on there. Exactly. But but verse 19, he goes, but Joseph said to them, do not fear. Am I in the place of God? Isn't that interesting? That let's stop right there again. Do not fear for am I in the place of God? What's Joseph saying? Well, God's the one who forgives. God's the one who, who's in charge of all things. Uh, and he is the one that you follow. If you remember back in, when uh, in the Potiphar's wife situation, he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So right. He, he definitely had a belief in, in, in the Old Testament of, the, of God and, and the, the coming of the Messiah. What does and the we, words in verse 19 talk about? absolution 
Verse 19. Yes. Do not fear, for I am in the, for am I in the place of God. So take comfort is what a loser would say. Well, how does that deal with absolution, though? Well, on absolution, uh, we, we, we say in the stead and by the command of Christ, I forgive you all your sins. By his authority. By his authority. And and by saying, am I in the place of God? He says, God's the one who forgives. God is the one who... That's the main point. Mm. Then he goes even further in verse 20. Verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring back that many people should be kept alive as they are today. That is something that should be inscribed above every doorway of every Christian home. Mm. That evil occurs. If there's one thing that occurs among people, it's suffering. It's evil from our point of view. And notice that we might mean evil against someone else, but if God permits it, it is meant for good. Uh, Can you maybe explain how that happened in the book of Job? (laughs) Well, Satan had come to to God and said, uh, Job sure likes you because you you bless him with so many things, family, wealth, and all that. But uh, if things kind of went the other direction, he, he would uh, he would curse you, and God permitted Satan to afflict him and not take his life, and that's what you see through through the course of Job. Now, how did that end up being good from God's point of view with Job? Well, Job, Job in a sense, comes to an understanding because God says, "Yes." Were were you around when I created the world? Right. And he repents in dust and ashes while he's still in his mode of suffering. In, mm-hmm. in other words, the good that came about is that Job received a better level of faith and understanding concerning God uh, because of one of his friends talking to him and God talking to him. And is there a Bible verse in the New Testament that talks about <laughs> things working out too good? That's Romans eight twenty eight. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. And all things work together for our good. That our is good. a promise. And that's what the Christian relies on because there's at times very little evidence of the good that comes out of the evil that we experience. Like I said, um, the roofers are still on the roof checking things out. But you can imagine when Louise and I heard this big bang, we thought it was thunder, and Louise said, no, a tree fell on our roof. Well, water started coming in the house, etc. Now, the um, 
State Farm individual indicated that they're going to have to probably replace the whole roof, which oh. the the gutters were real bad, and we couldn't afford to fix the gutters. Now they're hanging down from the roof. And so there's an example where evil hit us, and we may be getting a new roof and gutters for it at very little cost compared to what we would have had to pay had we done it. And I'm sure you can give examples in your life where evil hit, but it worked out for good. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm wondering, what about the pandemic that we're facing right now? People face, you know, being shut in, lonely. Uh, their mind begin to wander. They feel guilty about some sin or, what you know, um, depression t- kicks in. Isn't that something that we can remind them through this lesson today? Uh, yes. In fact, there's good that's come out of this. I mean, how many congregations were putting their worship service over the Internet so that shut-ins could participate in the worship service, hear the Word of God? Uh, not that many. So this new technology has opened up the doors into homes where people were either unable to come, plus the virus has also caused fear in people, and they want questions answered, and they listen to the church as we attempt to answer the question, because nothing can compare to the suffering Jesus underwent for us, and all our suffering is minimal in compared to his suffering. So you've probably seen good also happening uh, because of uh, this uh, illness. I would agree. Yeah, I've, I've uh, seen people I, I, connect. I, yeah, I, I can't believe the first time I'm working with four churches, uh, the first time we opened up for worship services and people needed to stay six feet away and wear masks. And uh, a number of the churches I'm with, they uh, divided up the pews with ropes. So that would occur. But we served communion, and it was one of the biggest attendances, uh, attendances at these churches, that people were so hungry to receive the body and blood of Christ. And... Uh, we, we do it differently at each church. I always wear a glove giving out the bread and people take the glass, you know, from the tray. Uh, one church though, hands out little kind of like dishes and I put the bread on the dish and the other person wearing gloves puts a little cup on the dish and then they go off and receive the body and blood on their own. So, mm. This has increased the attendance of those who are receiving the Lord's Supper. And we're not, as pastors, to tell people the good that is coming out of what they have experienced. We point to the promise instead and let them trust the promise, even though there may not be evidence for that good even if it's the death of a loved one, etc. I think that's a point well taken. I mean, we pointed to Jesus and, and the trust in his promises that 
He shed his blood for us, died for our sins, and rose again. And that's that's the wonderful news that no matter what we face in this life, uh, we we are guaranteed that faith and trust in him. We're going to live forever with Jesus. Yes. The last words that Joseph says to his brothers, and this is verse 21, are also the words that pastors should be saying to their people. Mm. So read that with that in mind, if you would. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted him and spoke kindly to them. That's the task, the mission of a pastor. When we Mm -hmm. say that we will provide for you, that's the adults and your little ones, children. We just baptized two children recently at one of the churches. And I always say there's one goal, and that's to comfort our people. So thanks so much, Pastor, for giving a summary of the Old Testament reading. And I think it was good that we went through it because we were unable to do it on Labor Day. Thanks so much for helping out. Thank you. All right. So tomorrow, Open Mic Friday, where we will take letters or emails and answer questions. Do not hesitate to uh, let us know about it. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.